Despite having quality and cutting edge healthcare in the United States, the truth is systemic barriers exist and are preventing many of our fellow citizens from receiving quality care and achieving optimal health. In order to address this issue and more, a digital application that is aimed to empower the voice of the underserved patient has been created. To help empower the voices of the underserved, our next guest, Christine Monkhouse, the creator of the Humanizing Healthcare documentary, founded Patient Order to better serve the underserved and to make it easier for them to communicate their medical concerns and connect them to the healthcare resources they need. Christine joins us and discusses the disparate health experiences of people of color and other socioeconomic backgrounds, how her technology is working to address these problems and what we can do to help improve the patient care experience, destroy systemic barriers within the healthcare industry and ultimately humanize healthcare for our communities across the nation. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Christine. It is so great to have you on our podcast today. It is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I recently received an email from Nick Jackal, Cambia Grove's Director of Community Engagement, suggesting that you be on our podcast. And of course, I had to say yes. Anytime my friends up at Cambia Grove come calling with suggestions, I know they're going to be solid. But before we dive into all of your important and inspiring work and prove Nick right as to why you needed to be on our podcast, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Christine, it's almost time to learn how you are helping to empower the underserved patients' voices in their healthcare experience. But first, I'm going to randomly select a question so we can get to know you personally. Let's see what we get. Ooh, favorite place on earth that you've ever visited? Oh, that's easy. I visited Hawaii while I was filming Humanizing Healthcare, and I absolutely love it. I love the people and the vibe of just community and humanness. And so that's my favorite place to have ever visited. So I think Hawaii now, whenever I ask this question of our amazing guests, just like yourself, I think Hawaii is running away with it in regards to the answer. We've had, I believe it was Kevin Riddleberger at Dispatch Health, Michael Galway mentioned that as well. It seems everybody likes to go back to Hawaii. And I agree, Hawaii is an amazing place. But of course, let's dig down on that for just a moment, Christine. Where in Hawaii? Because those islands, a lot of them are very different. Where in Hawaii do you love? So unfortunately, I've only been to the big island. And that's where I love, had the opportunity to meet and mingle and just be among just regular folks. But would have loved to have visited some of the other islands. Well, years ago, my sister and I went on a sibling trip over to Maui. And here's just a pro tip for you. One, when we can travel again, as we're in the middle of this pandemic. And two, when you do go back, head over to Maui. There's Mount Haleakala. 
It's a volcano. I think it tops out around 10,000, 11,000 feet. But you can go up there around 2 or 3 in the morning and watch the sunrise. But there's actually snow up there, and it's freezing cold. And then what we did on the back end after we watched the sunrise over all the islands, the top of this volcano, we rode bikes down. So I think it started in the morning in like the high 30s, uh, low 40s. And by the time we got down to the base of the volcano, it was, of course, in the 90s and extremely hot. I do highly recommend it. It was an amazing trip. Sounds amazing. I just really cannot wait until these travel bans are lifted over in the clear in terms of COVID to get back on the road and explore and just get to know more of more people, period. Oh, I can't agree with you more. Trust me. One of my big passions outside of reimagining healthcare is travel and I miss it dearly. So yes, hopefully we can get our act together and get going and knocking out COVID-19. But Let's start diving into your work because a lot of your work around the pandemic is very, very helpful for some of our most underserved. And we're going to learn a little bit about that and what you're doing today and where you're taking patient orator and the importance of that work. But the importance of that work just didn't happen overnight, Kistine. This was a personal experience. You saw it firsthand with your own experience within our system. Can you take us back a bit and share with us how you got to where you are today. Your story is a very powerful one. Your truth and how you speak honest and real passion around these needs is so inspiring. Can you take us back a bit and share with us that very personal journey of yours and how you got to where you are today? Sure. So there's many layers to it. So you may have a lot of questions or follow-up questions to what I say But my professional expertise based on my education is public policy and public health. That is what I studied for. But I never sat in a public office. And mainly because while I was pursuing my education, I was on the front lines. I worked as a home health aide, as a nursing assistant, as a service coordinator or care coordinator. And in all of those roles, I was exposed to healthcare disparities, which just so happened to be the topic of discussion now as we're navigating COVID-19. What I was witnessing when I was on the front lines was, first of all, when I worked in the nursing home, I saw patients being treated as numbers. I saw uh, patients not having the appropriate care that they needed. For example, my first night in that role, I had a caseload of 20 patients And the nurse I worked alongside had a caseload of 40 patients in which she was responsible for documenting the symptoms of those patients, administering medication, and among other duties. Once I left that role, I then went into working at my local emergency room or the local hospital to where I live. And I saw disparities in a different way there where there were a lot of patients, black and brown folks in lower income communities that would be readmitted into the hospital system only a week or so after being discharged. And I would question why that was. But keep in mind, as I was working the night shift, I was also enrolled in daytime classes. And I understood very well that these issues are tied to policy and would question why is it that no one else seems to be bothered by the fact that our patients are coming back in, our populations are getting sicker, as opposed to having a more preventative care delivery model. But once I left that role, I went into care coordination, where I was responsible for coordinating the care of patients, specifically lower income folks and people who had mental health issues among facing homelessness at one point in their lives. And in that role is where I really felt a compelling call in to 
address this issue, to bring awareness to what I was witnessing on the front lines. One of my patients, for example, I had accompanied her to her local doctor's appointment, which just so happened to have been in the emergency room in East New York. And in that setting, what I witnessed was that she was not treated in a humane way. Keep in mind, this was a white woman who was about my age at the time. And the receptionist wouldn't even make eye contact with me. And I was her advocate. And I thought, this is completely wrong. And there has to be a better way. But it seemed as though the people who I worked alongside, even they had become complacent in accepting this level or this poor quality of care that patients and people who lived in those areas would receive. And then from there, from those experiences combined, I think there was this moment of saying, you need to do something now. You need to really start bringing awareness to these issues. I incorporated at that moment in time, I think it was late 2017, no direction of where I would go, but knew that it would have to be from this place of raising awareness. And that came the birth of patient orator, where I began documenting stories to bring awareness to poor patient experience and healthcare inequities. And so started traveling around the country and helping people or helping to amplify the voices of patients and caregivers and people on the front lines, some of the disparities that we see in our healthcare system. And somewhere along the line in doing that work, I became ill and hence the birth of this idea for a digital mobile app that would help empower the voices of people, specifically people who are stigmatized in healthcare settings and also help them to connect to healthcare resources. Wow. What a story. And we're going to go there and talk a little bit more about the app that you have built. Cause I'm sure a lot of people, they get into it and they didn't even, you know, at first didn't even think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a technology entrepreneur. I'm going to go and build this. Right. But you saw this definitive need in the marketplace and you went after it, which is great. And we're going to go back to that in just a moment, but Christine, keep us there for a little bit longer around that journey and talk a little bit. You're going around the country, you're documenting these stories, right? You are a documentarian. Can you describe what also fell out of that? And I guess I'm hinting towards humanizing healthcare. Can you take us on that journey a bit? Sure. I was at Hims, I believe Hims 2019, and I was explaining to someone my work and I had showed them the website and was showing them the stories that I've been collecting. And they said to me, you know, you're onto something here and you need to find a better way to tell this story. And that's when I had this light bulb moment. I am going to put together these amazing stories that I've been collecting as I travel around the United States in just one narrative that will bring together not only the voices of patients, but also historians, if possible, policymakers, and in combination tell the story of the healthcare system, not so much to blame the system, but to help empower the people who are navigating those very systems. And so my education has prepared me in many ways for the things that I'd witnessed, the disparities that I'd witnessed on the front lines. But I want people or I wanted people in creating the documentary to have the same awareness of these inequities and these systems that can help empower them without having to spend all that money in pursuing higher education. And so that's what I did. I went back to speaking to Uh, professionals who had described the issues of healthcare inequities from the standpoint of the historic standpoint of why it is that medicine or how the industrialization of the American healthcare system came to be. 
and how women, for example, were on the less receiving end of that journey and how they were pushed out of those encounters. And so in telling that story that way, the narrative went from the streets of New York where I started filming, people were describing not receiving quality of care to Milwaukee, where folks are saying, hey, I'm a Latina woman and I feel as though when my Black fiancé spoke up, he was not being even looked at in the eye. And that's one of the stories you'll find in the documentary. And then in that to Hawaii, which I mentioned, one of my favorite places to have traveled, taking that story to Hawaii and learning that, again, people with mental health issues, people with addictions, in these encounters, they're not being valued. So I took those narratives from these voices of people who have these lived experiences of not being valued as humans in their encounters and then brought in the medical professionals in which they then validated that stigma exists in these healthcare settings, that biases exist, but we're afraid. We're afraid to examine that as a system because then that, that exposes to the fact that we have more work to do brought in someone who spoke to the insurance end of it and explained why it is that patients feel that their voices are not valued, why it is that they're receiving poor quality of care. And then the last piece to that was bringing a policy expert from New York City who then explained to folks through the documentary of how policy works and how they, from a very local level, can get their politicians on their side or get their issues, whether it be healthcare or not, be brought to a legislation. And so really bringing together, looking at healthcare from a holistic standpoint is what the documentary does. And it's very important work. And to our community, you can head over to Vimeo and search Humanizing Healthcare. And you'll be able to find Christine's documentary. Christine, I do want to ask a question. You obviously traveled all over this nation and heard very personal, raw and real stories. I'm curious and don't be shy in answering this question, however you see fit and whether it made the documentary or not. What was one of the most shocking stories that you heard, that your team heard, that came out of our country, right? Here we are, and let me set the stage a little bit more. Here we are, quote unquote, the most industrialized nation on the planet. Here we are, the wealthiest country on the planet. What was one of the most shocking stories that you experienced while traveling the nation for this documentary? I'll never forget it. I was in the streets of Michigan, I believe, or Detroit, and I met a young woman, maybe 26-year-old, Laura, and I know her name. I asked her, what had been your experience? And I said, you know, my name is Christine, and this is the project that I'm working on. And I asked her, what had been your experience with the healthcare system? And then she said to me, you know, I lost my left eye because I didn't have health insurance. I had kidney failures because I didn't have health insurance. And then I didn't know what to say. To this day, I still don't know what to say. And so I asked her, what do you want? And she said, I want the healthcare system to treat us like humans, treat people like humans. That's it. And that was her call to action. That's a story that has stuck by me and had lasting impact as I continue to do this work. 26 years old. Wow. It's powerful. Again, for our community, you can head over to Vimeo and search Humanizing Healthcare to find Christine's documentary. We'll also leave the link in our episode notes, and you can also find it over in our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. So, Christine, thank you for that insight and that experience that you had in putting together a documentary. Now, let's go to, you shared a little bit earlier that you personally got sick and you personally were experiencing the effects of all of this. 
And then that kind of translated into you building some technology. Let's go there. Let's dive in a bit around patient order and the technology that you're also building. Sure. So my experience is one of those experiences where I thought that I was the only one who had these issues. So as I was building patient orator, it was right out of grad school that I decided that I found like start doing missionary work and start raising awareness to these issues. It was a very stressful time for me. And one of the things that I had not been doing is paying attention to the cues and the signs of my body. And along the way, as I continued to build and I was amplifying these voices, I became a patient. I became ill. I was in a critical pain crisis, which was a result of three years of being ignored by medical professionals, which culminated to being seen by six different specialists. And it took the seven specialists to actually listen to the words that were coming out of my mouth that I was in pain. My pain was specifically lower right abdomen pain. It was pelvic issue that I had, but no one had been listening to me over these years, even though I've been seen in the emergency room. Having been seen in the emergency room, I'd been discharged, no pain medication whatsoever. Just, oh, follow up privately, outpatient. I had no idea that this was all tied into the historical context of healthcare inequities in that it is believed in the medical industry that black patients or black people don't experience pain at the same level as their white counterparts. I just thought, oh my God, like this is a reoccurring issue. I made this up in my head somehow, not knowing that there's so much more context to what was happening. And that was the moment that I had this light bulb moment of, I had not been even tracking what these issues were that I was facing. I just knew that this was the area that was in pain, that no one was listening to me. And that's when the idea came for this mobile app that will help patients store, track, and record their medical symptoms so that when they're in healthcare encounters, that their voices can be heard. And even more to it is so that they can connect to healthcare resources. Because going back to my experience on the front lines of seeing my patients or seeing people not having the access to the resources that they need to thrive. But the place in which the app starts is just being a digital diary. You could call it an EMR system for the patient themselves and their family and their care teams to store, track, and record their symptoms as it occur. One of the problems that I was facing that I come to a realization as I sat and I thought about what had happened in my illness, what had happened over the last years of which I was suffering in a horrible pain was the fact that when I'd been seen by different specialists and I said over six different people, how was I communicating? As I looked internally as how I was communicating, I came to a realization that that my communication deferred based on who I was talking to. And I recently learned that there's actually a term for that. And that's called a racial anxiety stereotype threat. Not having that awareness that the way in which I perceive that I'm being perceived by medical professionals, it altered the way in which I was communicating. And I just want to make it clear that this is a problem that is not specific to race. It can also apply to gender identity. So for people who may have different gender identities that is not a gender norm, that they too experiences this. And this goes on for different, you want to call it race, sex, all across the board, that patients who are coming into these healthcare encounters are coming in with different anxieties, are communicating differently. And so I think at a later point in the conversation, that the question will be what needs to be done on the provider end to help facilitate 
open communication where the patient is not as anxious or is better facilitated to receive the quality of care. But what we've done on our end, on the tech end, is to help patients document their stories so that when they're in those encounters, they can just pull up their symptom and quickly and effectively communicate what the issue is without the fear of bias. That is very exciting and incredibly needed and really more needed now than ever, right? When we're thinking about how COVID-19 has laid bare the disparities for, you know, underserved community members across our country and the impact that COVID-19 is having on them. And so let's think about taking that there for a moment, Kistine. Can you share how has this experience been? Obviously, when you started this journey with your company, COVID-19 wasn't here yet, but talk about timely. Can you share with us this journey of your technology, what you have built and how it is helping underserved patients during one of the biggest health crises of our lifetime? Sure. So we have a small base of users on the platform. We started building pre-COVID and in the height of it all, decided to launch a privately our MVP. And so now we have about 30 users on the platform for full transparency and they're logging their symptoms as it occurs. Think about the fact that a patient is storing their symptom and they're sharing that remotely with their family caregiver who may live two states away, who may not have access to, let's say, fly back and forth as we're seeing these travel restrictions. In, in addition to that, I've had someone call me and say, hey, we use the app to connect to these resources. We had no idea that there was food banks, for example, within proximity of where we live. And so those are some of the ways in which the app is bridging some of those gaps. COVID-19 exposed the fact that disparities exist and providers and across the healthcare ecosystem were talking about them. But what we're doing on the tech side is actually being proactive. And although our community is small in terms of the number of people who we have on the platform, this is a tool that is actually working, that is helping people combat in some of these communication barriers that we see and also bridging some of those resource gaps. That's great news. And wow, what a uh, light bulb to go off that one of your users said, oh my gosh, there's a food bank down the road. I can actually access that. That is a game changer. And this is exactly why I love having entrepreneurs and incredibly brilliant minds like you on our podcast. So we can get that story out and share with our community as well. And in a moment, we're going to ask our community to get involved. But before we go there, Christine, can you share with us what do you see on the horizon for the technology for your company? And I typically like to ask our guests, you know, look out three to five years from now, but COVID-19 is literally changing our world by the week. So maybe you can share with us, how does it look like and what does your world look like with this platform, even in the next six, nine, 12 and 18 months, where do you see things heading? I really see Patient Order being a household brand. And the reason why that is, is because of the barriers of integrating with healthcare system. Our immediate goal is to get the app into the hands as many people as possible. Notice that I'm not using the word patient. And the reason for that is because whether we're black or we're white, we're brown or any color in between, whether we're 50 or 20 years old, we all face these barriers in our healthcare encounters. 
And our goal really is to help break these barriers by empowering folks, empowering these communities. That's our immediate goal. Our long-term goal is to be able to bring this app to patient at no cost by partnering with health system and payer system, provider system, so that their patient populations can gain access to these resources, gain access to being empowered when they're encountering their healthcare setting. So that's where we're going. Well, that's perfect. And you teed me up for the next question, actually, is how can our community be of help, right? Here you are, fast growing, a young startup, but doing incredibly important work and work that's needed now more than ever, given the crisis that we're staring down. So, Christine, can you share with our community one problem, need, or question that you currently have right now that we can contemplate or help you with? Sure. So the problem that we're solving for a patient orator is in helping people feel empowered in their healthcare encounters so that their voice is respected and heard. How you can help in our mission is to question what can you do at your respective organization to help empower these voices as people are encountering your specific healthcare delivery system so they can feel heard and they can feel seen regardless of their race or socioeconomic status. Now, one way in which you can help us directly is to connect with us through social media or any of our existing platforms. And most importantly, connect us to the communities that you know, the underserved communities that can benefit from our tool, that can benefit from having personal record of the issue that they're facing. And the other way is for provider systems who may be listening to this conversation is to connect with us so that we can connect with your patient population. That will be a tremendous help, in, especially as we're in this early stage. And if you're on the angel investor side, I'd love to connect because we're raising capital to scale our technology. As I said earlier, this should be a brand. It should be a tool that is in every household across the United States because everyone faces these challenges. And this is a tool that needs to be in the household of everyone. So if you're an angel investor, I'd love to connect with you. Otherwise, whatever you're doing at each touch point in the healthcare delivery process, please do take an effort and initiative to help empower the folks that needs the support at this time. Well, let's talk about connecting. Uh, where can we find you online, social media handles, websites, or otherwise? Sure. I'm on social media at Kistine M. That's K-I-S-T-E-I-N-M. You can connect with Patient Orator at patientorator.com. Also across social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn at Patient Orator. I'm very easy to find. You can also email at Kistine at patientorator.com. And while listening to this episode, simply scroll down to the episode notes. At the bottom of the episode notes, you will find all of these connectivity points for Christine and her work with Patient Order. As well, you can head over to our online community, our free global resource at passionatepioneers.com, where we can also engage with each other and share some ideas, thoughts, and the ability to continue to help lift up Christine and this very important work. Well, we're about to close it out. Christine, one of my favorite parts of being able to spend time with leaders just like you is a fill in the blank. And please finish this for me. I'm a passionate pioneer because I've witnessed for far too long the voices of my fellow human beings not being heard in their healthcare encounters. I think it's time that we change that narrative so that people from all walks of life have the ability to be heard and most importantly, receive quality healthcare. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Christine. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Our friends up at Cambia Grove were spot on. 
This story is an inspiring one and an important one, and most importantly, a needed one during this time of this crisis for our nation and beyond. So, Christine, keep up the great work. Keep us updated with this journey. Let us know how we can continue to support. But for now, thank you for taking the time to be with us today on our podcast. It's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so very much for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode. 